Gaslight, Chapter 3 The docks sweat no matter what time of day and morning is the busiest. People who've been working all night wake their, make their way home with bleary eyes and filthy faces. Coal workers trudge, black as night and phlegmy. Their rare smiles show teeth outlined by a permanent black grit, their nostrils black holes to their charred insides. The black gold they shovel sails money in from across the sea and powers the steamships out. I give a couple of them a uh, hello and down here a lot searching for clues, so I know a fair few. The sun has cooked the smells already and I'm surrounded by smoke and fish, salt and baking, mud, bodies and grime. This is where I was found, so I keep an extra sharp eye out for my mother here. I won't let the hope burn out. I've spotted her about 15 times already. Every red-haired woman, every woman wearing a hat or a shawl over their heads, which is pretty much everyone, every beggar and shadow and glimpse. Mabel Jones is nattering to a group of girls by the sea lock. I don't really have time to join them, but I can't help wanting to tell the story of my injuries. Mabel, girls! I let them take in the full glory of my cuts and bruises. What happened to you? Ruth and Fish almost drops their her basket. Ruth the Fish almost drops her basket. Oh, you know, this and that. I'm going to play it as if I don't want to tell the story. Someone being genuinely interested in my life is such a change. I can't help basking in the warmth of the attention probably looking for her mother again and slipped on the bank or something. Mabel is spiteful when she wants to be, which is always. I'm doing some investigative work, certainly. Not that you would want to know about it, and I'm in a bit of a hurry, I'm afraid. I've put Mabel's nose out of joint, but she won't let me have the opportunity to fabricate a story on her watch. Well, we were just talking about the tunnel, weren't we, girls? They murmur. I think most of them would rather listen to me, but they're a pack and they stick together. It'll be open soon and there'll be a whole new set of boys over there. She giggles and points to Panarth, just the other side of the docks. They've been working on the tunnel under the River Ely for ages and it's set to open any day now. Mabel will be the first through it if she has her way. She gives me one of her most smug expressions. I thought you were in a rush to get somewhere. I presume it's incredibly important. One day, I'm going to smash her squashed up face in and be carried through the streets by other girls in celebration that someone finally had the guts. You're right. Enjoy your day, girls. I look at every one of them except her. It feels good to leave her out and then immediately bad. I shouldn't bully her just because she's a nincompoop. Her no-good father's done a runner, and her mother's partial to a spot of gin and easy with her slaps. I know where I'm headed. Some days it feels useless, but I won't give up until the day I die. It can be dangerous down here. People could try to mug me for the very little that I have. I'd have to put up a fist fight. I'd give it a good go, but I'm no match for a gang. And people stick together here. Safety in numbers and all that. 
That's the way it should be. Like families protecting each other. One of the boys saw someone shot down here and looked straight through the hole in his body to England across the channel. But no one will dob the attacker in. That's the way it is here. Thick as thieves, which most of them are. I have that sick feeling that comes from having had no sleep and I have to stop and press my hands to my eyes to stay upright. I take a second to rest. The masts of the ships score the clear blue sky and gulls use them as perching places. I love to swim but the water here is filled with rubbish and bits of discarded wood. It wouldn't come as a complete shock to find a body floating in it too. There are always stories about stuff like that. Bloated bodies, their skin silver blue, their eyes eaten out by fish. Of course it's always be always seen by a friend of a friend and never by the person telling the story. There are better places to swim where I won't catch cholera or bump into an eyeless corpse. There might be a bit of a walk away but I'd rather make the effort. Not now though. The gash on my forehead is tingling and my spit lip, split lip must be reacting to the salt of the sea because it stings to Barry and back. I remove my gloves to try to cool down. They are encrusted with dirt and blood but I can't throw them away so I pocket them in my skirt. I'll wash them out later and hope for the best. You're all right there love. It's the woman I see hanging about drinking by the pubs. She can't get in anymore because she's been barred, but they serve her through a hatch in most places. I'm fine, thanks. I keep my wits about me. Her eyes keep flicking over me, more than likely looking for anything worth stealing. Lovely day. The sky's the colour of a robin's egg, but she's only trying to distract me. Lovely. I shade my eyes and pretend to contemplate the sky. She adjusts her head so it's pointing upwards, but her eyes are still straining over me. We stand there for a while, pretending to admire the weather. To be fair, it is usually pelting down on a bad day and drizzling on a good, so we should appreciate this rare occurrence. But we don't. We just use it to try to gain things for ourselves. Or at least she does. We stand there. So long. I wonder if anyone will ever make the first move. A cormorant shakes the coal dust from its wings then flies off low down to the water. Time reels itself out and yawns. She says, Well, I'll be off then. Ha, you wicked old witch, I win. She swerves as she walks away and I worry that perhaps I judge people too quickly. And maybe she just wanted to pass the time of day with another human being. Then I see her reaching into the pocket of a man who is actually observing the sky and taking out his wallet. I don't tell him. Everyone needs to eat. And I'm impressed that even when she's so drunk, she can still be nimble-fingered. I press on. If I can get to the river quickly, then I might have time to sleep a bit before I go back to the theatre. Steam from the trains just makes the day hotter. There's a shifting haze over the water, a thick mixture of coal and wood smoke, and there are so many people jostling each other and vying for space. Sometimes I wonder how we all survive, 
there's so many of us fighting over so little I need to eat something but I haven't got a farthing on me I just have to keep my head down and try to zone the world out as I reach the river's edge it's even brighter here the sun sparkles to point of pain on the water hey be careful I tell one of the kids off as they accidentally run into me I check my pockets but my gloves are still there a couple of tiny tots are playing with wooden box which they are attempting to use as a boat in the sludge a girl I've met down here before smokes a bashed up cigar which the others are trying to take from her she isn't giving in easily and clips at them while they yip with laughter I look for my mother there are a few men flat out on the grass further up trying to get some kip after a hard night's slog no doubt I pick my way around them even checking that one of them isn't her in docker's clothes dressed up like a man to get work for a fussy employer she's not there a flock of women dart about coughing wearily at the nippers if they come too close and holding babies to their breasts i check them the thought that she might now have a new baby to take care of brings a lump to my throat i search the ground the banks the trees the water everywhere looking for anything i don't even know what I'm just hoping that something will strike a chord and lead me to her. A piece of material from a dress caught up somewhere. A coil of her hair in the branch of a tree. A few of the mudlarks wave when they see me. We have an agreement. If they think they have found something that might be of any help to me, they will show me before selling it on or pawning it. I will show them anything I find that might be worth some money as a form of payment. In the past few months, I have found some buttons, a few bits of metal, some busted up piano keys, lots of bottles, mostly broken, none containing messages from my mother, and some useful bits of wood. They are grateful enough for anything, I find, but haven't been able to help me yet. It isn't good to know. It is good to know that they are trying. Not found nothing yet? It's Dylan, one of the boys I see down here lots. No, have you? I hope he can't see the jitter in my legs. Nothing yet? He hops about from foot to foot like a jackdaw. But we'll keep a lookout for you. Don't you worry. Y you look worse than usual. I laugh and my head swims. Well... Thank you very much, I'm sure. Here. He pulls half a bread roll from his ragged trousers. I unfurl a fist and catch it as he tosses it to me. I bite into it ravenously. It's dry and takes considerable chewing. It sticks in my throat, but I act like it's the best thing I ever ate. Food is hard to come by for this boy, and I am grateful beyond words. There's a whistle in the distance followed by another closer, and then another closer still. Time to go. He gives me a mock salute. Like I said, people down here work together. They signal with whistles when the coppers are on their way. I guess most of them have done something on the dodgy side of the law. I see the policeman's pointed helmets in the distance. Sid has warned me off confiding in the police about my mother. He says 
they will take me into custody and have me adopted to someone so far away that if she ever came back, she would never, ever find me. I think about my options for a second, then scarper, like the rest of them.